Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamek. Bertol is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great, great, great show for you as usual. But today, you know, we have two guests. One that's programmed, that is great. Well, I'll tell you about that after. Let's go ahead and get right into the show. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Michael Rudnan, visit today. Quick share, then listen in from away when I can. See you tomorrow. But yeah, when you can, still drop those lines in. You know, we love your input. We love your input, guys. Anyway, we are going to have a wonderful show today. Hey, what's going on with El Señor Presidente? What's happening? Well, we all know what's happening, but it doesn't matter because this thing is all over. Linda E., Linda E., welcome aboard, my friend. Welcome aboard, my friend. Let me make sure that all our shares are starting to get done. Let's make sure our... Oh, great, great. Coffee party is done. Let's, I think they are online. We'll make sure. But anyhow, let's go ahead and get busy and start with the program because we have two interviews. One of them is pretty substantial as well. So he's hiding in the White House, according to Bridge MCP, Bruce Pollard. Yo, let's have a recount. Okay, Bruce, we're going to have a recount. Anyhow, let's get busy and talk about what the program is about today. Title of the show. Let me get it on the screen. Title, is that on the screen? Yes, it's on the screen. Title of the show today, Greg Palace on how voter rolls activists saved Biden, the new Trump con, and more. Joe Biden should thank Greg Palace and other voter roll activists for the victory. Trump has a new con, folks, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to play that as well. We're going to see what that con is. So what's up for topics today? First topic, numero uno, my daughter, Ashley Willies. She's going to drop in on us to talk to her dad. You know what? My daughter had a stroke uh, in, in, when was it? In January. And I am so damn proud of what she has done thus far. She makes me, look, uh, you guys know I am a fanatic of, uh, of, of uh, Medicare for All. I try to push the programs because we know, we don't know who's going to get sick. We don't know who's going to have that fate that something goes wrong. We don't know how it's going to happen. She's a medical student. She's up the gazoo in medical bills. And let me tell you, though, the power that she has shown over what has happened over the years, folks. It's monumental. And I told her, I begged her to be on the show today. I said, just come and tell people how you're doing after the stroke. Because I had her on the screen right after the stroke. And um, I got her in. And I said, you know, girl, come on and do it for your daddy. You're going to do it for your daddy? You're going to do it for your daddy? Of course she's going to do it for her daddy. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome my daughter, Ashley Willies. Ashley, Ashley Willies. How are you doing today, my daughter? I'm good. How are you? I am fine. Oh, you think, you, you think your dad's crazy for that kind of intro, huh? Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to Politics Done Right, Ashley Willies. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Well, look here. Um, you had a stroke back in uh, in uh, January, and uh, you, you, you mean I have to say, uh, Linda E says hi. Bridge MCP says hello, Ashley. Uh, so let me let, let me tell you, um, I am so proud of how you came through with uh, the stroke. You're still going through quite a few things. Why don't you tell us a little bit, of, a short thing about how it happened, and secondly, how are you really doing right now? Oh, all right. Okay, here we go. So. I had a stroke, I will say, weirdly, right after my grandmother had a stroke. And um, it happened with, because I'm so young, there's something called a subarachnoid hemorrhage. It just means that instead of a clot forming, you essentially burst a vein or burst a vessel. That's what happened to me. 
Um, I was born with something um, called a, a malformation. It's when my arteries and my veins form what I call a noodle ball mm-hmm. in my head. And the noodle ball has really thin walls. And if you're stressed out, you know, you're running, doing anything that raises your blood pressure, it can pop. And that's what happened to me. As a, and you are a med student, so we know you're under pressure, my dear. A hell of a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but now, my, but now, um, hey, Bruce says, texting Meredith to connect if she can. <laughs> Your friend. Oh, <laughs> hey, thanks, Bruce. That's cool. Any, anyhow, so Ashley, so after the stroke, um, you, you, I mean, I, let, let me just tell you, folks, and 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 this is right. I want. To, I think we should all give our folks kudos on. Um, on the things, right? My daughter, after she had the stroke, uh, I went up there and she pulled me around her campus because she want she four days after a stroke she could barely walk. She was blind, fifty percent blind, and she couldn't take light. And she drove me to her school. I mean, I drove her to the school because she wanted to make sure that she wasn't gonna lose everything. Now, how much time did you lose, and are you still on schedule to get out as a fourth year? So I am super, 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 super blessed and lucky. I am going to be graduating on time because at least at my institution, we have this two month, I want to say kind of like um, sliding Mm -hmm. um, timeline where um, it's built in to our curriculum. So let's say you have to take a board exam and you want it and you need more time. They have these two months that some students take it just so happened that I was not one of the students who were, was using those two months. And I, and because I had the stroke weirdly right at the end of run rotation and at the beginning of another, like it couldn't have come at a cleaner break of a line. I just took that specific two month rotation off because, you know, I, one, I couldn't see, uh, two, I couldn't stay awake past 6 PM. And um, I just couldn't think. Uh, I couldn't really. I wasn't the the normal. Actually, the I was, headaches were terrible. I remember headaches, that and then well. like I was out like a light all the time, wobbly. It, it wasn't fun. And trying to take care of patients, it's a liability. Because I, if I'm not, I'm not, if I'm at 100, why in the world would I go and take care of somebody else? Like that's irresponsible. So, you know, the school came in and was like, sit down, heal, come back later. And so that's what happened. So you yeah. kind of you kind of took it slow for two months, but I'm on a, I'm not going to forget to tell you that she still went to even that period that they told her to stay home. She went to school to do one class. I don't. Yes, you know. I did. So I we have an ethics ethics course, excuse me, an ethics course. Which if you are in any um, health profession, nursing, PT, pharmacy, no matter what, you have to take this course in the United States. And I wasn't. It's like it's done over one semester at my school. I wasn't about to like make that up in my fourth year because we usually do it during my third year and it it requires like discussions and um breaking down actual legalities and I just wasn't I don't want to mess with it and so against my dean's advice I I I showed up because it was it was one hour um in the evening a week um including oh that's right it was four hours a week but it was in one evening and I felt that I was able to do that. Well, that, that was good because it, it kind of kept you also on schedule. Now, Ashley, tell us about how are you feeling with regards to, um, 
how how do you feel with regards to how um you know any deficits what are your implications with the stroke yeah so what's really cool and terrible is that we always at least i do in my exams we always talk about patients that have like deficits after a stroke like oh they have a stroke so then one side of their face is down or oh they have a stroke so they can't move one side they can't walk I was super lucky and um I got so I lost 50 percent and then I gained about 30 percent of that back 30 or more I have a very much a blind spot but I can majority see everything very 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 lucky and excited about that um because uh, my treatment for my noodle ball in my head right. required radiation, which is weird. You know, you're like, radiation, you don't have cancer. Well, this particular noodle ball kind of acts like a cancer because it grows exponentially without any checks and balances of the body. So because of that, we treat with radiation and it collapses on itself and hopefully disintegrates and my body just like gets rid of it. Um, that procedure was done about five, six months ago. And I was told that, um, you know, as time goes on, I may get more deficits, which means you lose ability to do something, or I may regain the deficits that I had already incurred earlier this year. Now I have weakness in my foot, weakness on my left arm. And when I say weakness, meaning like I can't do with force as much as I would like to. My coordination is off on the left side. Um, you can't tell now, but I have um, a little bit of a droop on my left side on my face. <laughs> so if I sound a little woozy, that's why. <laughs> you know, I'm not inebriated. I just had a stroke. So, um, that's okay. Uh, look, Tank28 wants to know what discipline are you going into? <gasps> okay. So I'm going into family medicine and so in med school, family medicine is seen as like actually I'm sorry, it was Bridge MCP who asked that. Sorry, Bridge. Go ahead. Okay. So it was like it seems it's like the catch-all um specialty. However, I actually really liked it because it's primary care and it's kind of what we need right now. And people really be sleeping on family care. I'm on family medicine. Which is funny because anytime I go to a specialty, let's say it's like ear, nose, and throat, ENT doctor, or let's say you go to a surgeon, the only way they can get, you can get to an ENT or to a surgeon besides through the emergency room is through your primary care doctor because they're the ones who know you the best and they are the ones who are supposed to foster this relationship with you and with your health. And that's what I wanted to do. And so I'm going into family medicine. I get to see people from the cradle to the grave. And I, I'm really excited. That is about. great. Well, you know, from the time you were growing up and talking about being a doctor, you always said you wanted to take care of the underprivileged. You wanted to do all those things. So, I mean, I mean, I think that's good. And, and you know, even though you don't want to say sometimes uh, things that happen in your life can be a blessing in disguise, it actually gives you, uh, it, it, you've always had empathy, but it even gives you another level of empathy in, in dealing with, uh, the, you know, other things that people may go through. I mean, I have so many stories. I'll just tell a quick 30-second story about a patient I had last week. This patient apparently needed chemo and radiation and wasn't used to radiation. Um, they've only had chemo in the past. And they're like, I don't know what radi radiation is. And they're freaked out about it. I actually could tell them what it would feel like. And that was super weird for me, but really cool. Because 
if you don't go through it, you can say what other people have told you, but ha- going through it personally is a different kind of vibe. Absolutely. So, well, um, Ashley, uh, you know, I told you when you came on, uh, you know, we don't want to talk politics here. You are a med student and and all that kind of stuff, so I can understand that. So, But I just wanted to bring you on because after talking to you today earlier, I just said, God, I'm so damn proud of you know the, how you've come through this and coming through this and even as the deficits come you just live over it so look thank you very much for being a part or being here on politics done right and you have a wonderful day we'll talk a little later beautiful love you bye all right take care well folks that is my daughter uh, you know I, I i took uh host ben, host privileges to go ahead and and do that but i you know was talking to her earlier and i said you know what why don't you come on i have another guest but you know i got some 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 time that let's go ahead and talk and let people see what the reality looks like with you know somebody can have stroke and still get away with it uh let's see egberto the sound is way off to video oh really both on youtube and i am sorry to hear that is it still that way now that i've changed screen or is it better? Let me know. Ay, ay, ay. Does she follow Q? I swear you said that yesterday. No, 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 no. She does not follow Q. Thank you very much. Anyhow, let's go ahead and get busy with the program. The other topic that we are going to talk about, folks, is, and let me get that screen up. Let's go ahead and get that screen up. The other topic we're talking about today is Trump takes supporters to the cleaners as he cons them, knowing he has no presidency, uh, presidency path. Most importantly, he's putting the country at risk. So let's go ahead and do that, and then we'll take it on the other side. Trump University, stiffen people when they work for you, not paying people when they work for you. Trump steaks, Trump water, Trump all kind of stuff that has always been just nothing but a con. And you know what? He's running the biggest con. Trump taking supporters to the cleaners. He's taking his supporters now to the cleaners with this fallacy about somehow there's a path for him to get the presidency. The biggest con, and a lot of people are going for it because that's 71 million people that are following him. That's 71 million people that voted for him. is a cash machine. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. The Trump silence is the Trump concession speech. He cannot put his loss into words. That will never happen. But he doesn't have to. Even when Donald Trump was in the hospital with the coronavirus, he was issuing video statements to rally his followers. Donald Trump knew when he was in the hospital with coronavirus that he had to continue speaking directly to his voters in his own voice on camera because he knew that silence would have been surrender. Kanye West has conceded. But Donald Trump, is still playing his game, the game called other people's money. And he is playing that game in a nonstop barrage of emails to his supporters and to people who are not his supporters with subject lines that sound like the lyrics of sad love songs. Like, I need you right now. And then there's, we need you now more than ever. And there's... What's it all about? And there's the totally unbelievable, here's the (laughs) truth. That's actually the subject line of a Trump email. Here's the truth. And there's the most direct one of all, which is, can you chip in? Which answers the question that the other Trump email, what's it all about, asks. 
It is about raising money for Donald Trump. That is what everything Donald Trump does for the rest of his life will be about. It's what everything he did previously in his life has always been about. Donald Trump is running a hustle on the most gullible voters in history, asking them to send him money to fight the results of an election that has already been decided. And the only people in America who could fall for that are Trump voters. Record. Donald Trump today is still sending out many emails and texts to supporters. Uh, as we've been discussing, they're requesting money that they say are for lawsuits, but the money isn't going there. You need to know this. The fine print reveals 60% of these newly requested donations are for Save America, which is the new PAC that will fund, under the law, these things are regulated, the ex-presidency activities. The other 40% goes right to the RNC after a donor gives over $5,000. Only then does any of the money go to what is called the recount account. Um, the reason he's doing it is because he has no income. And you would see that if you would turn over right. his tax returns. There's no income there, right? So he doesn't have the apprentice the making $65 million a year. Most of his assets right. are, under, are underperforming. They're, they're non-performing assets. The few that he has doesn't cover the big cost. So he's going to use this like he used the Trump Foundation as a slush fund. But you want to know what's the most sinister part about this? Do you want to know what's the most evil part about this? Notice how very few Republicans who also know the truth, who also know that the president has no path to the presidency, they are acquiescing to the con. Why? A lot of that money goes to the RNC. Why? They don't want to lose that 71 million people base because they can go ahead and bleed them dry they can go ahead and get their cash they just have to say hey they're trying to impeach me oh they're trying to take away my presidency and there you go you send him what he wants like that preacher like that evangelical preacher who knows the buttons to push to take that money your hard-earned money away from you Think about it. Trump talk, taking supporters to the cleaners as he cons them, knowing he has no path to the presidency. Absolutely so, folks. Absolutely so. Anyhow, I want you to also listen to this one that's coming up, and we'll take it on the other side. For those who don't understand that progressives brought out a lot of people, a lot of young people, and they weren't voting specifically for, uh, in some altruistic manner for Biden. They wanted many times something else. But they voted the interest of the country. They voted the interest of humanity. And check out what these, these young women had to say. I was so impressed by their thought process. Check this out. Here's a few young women and students who have been here since the beginning. So did you think this was going to happen? Um, you know, I didn't really have any predictions, but I, I think there's still a lot of work to be done. But I'm really happy that there's not a neo-fascist in the White House. And I think this gives me hope that there's still some semblance of democracy in this country. Did you, did you, are you concerned that President Trump is saying he's going to challenge this and he may not leave? I think the reality is that as much as... Does no, regardless of the amount of fascism that will that he will try to put into this country, we will not accept it as a democracy. We are a democratic country. In the, at the end of the day, he has been fired from his job. We are a democracy, and the people will always have the power, regardless of what he 
And his small pea brain would like to thank Really? <laughs> yeah. You seem pretty happy. Yeah, I am happy because although, yes, Biden and Kamal have their shortcomings, this means so much for so many people. And the fact that they even want to place value on human lives, that already says enough. Those are young people that likely would have sat out this election. There was a lot of work. There was a lot of activism that was put out there by progressives to get that increase in, in, uh, in, in people coming out. As you can see, Donald Trump maximized his base. 71 million people thought President, uh, President Trump was the person to elect, the person that caged kids, the person that holds women by their private parts, the person that has had many a wives, the person that have said, I don't care about your health care, the person that have said, you know what, I'm going to take your money and give it to rich people because they are more deserving than you are, the person that is going to pollute the drinking water that you have, the person that says, you know what, I don't care about regulations. You know why? Because if whichever friend that I have that needs a change in the regulation, irrespective of what it does, I'm going to do it for them. 71 million people were fooled into supporting that. Now, folks, I want to take you now to our next interview. This is Greg Palace. Uh, if you want to know one of the people that are instrumental in having us win Wisconsin, Democrats win Wisconsin, as well as winning Georgia, he sued Georgia. Uh, to stop the voter roll shenanigans, and he sued in Wisconsin and made sure that the people's, people weren't removed in Wisconsin, Michigan, and other places. This is a guy. You've seen him before, but he has some more to say. Greg Palace, let's talk about that. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm here with the one and only Greg Palace again. Greg has a whole lot of new information for us. Greg, election 2020 is over. How are you doing? How are we doing? Yes. <laughs> well, I understand we have a new president. If someone would tell the old president, it might help things. Um, I know. It's but, um, you know, look, I wrote a book called How Trump Stole 2020. Right. And it was a warning, not, not a prediction. And I know that there was going to be the big blue wave. Well, it was barely a ripple and it was real close. And that's not because the voters decide that they just can't get enough of Donald Trump and they need four more years. That's not what happened. We really did have most uh, just humongous vote shenanigans in America, which cut those totals. And, and in fact, it's only because we busted some of that. And uh, let me, for example, Wisconsin. Now, if you read my book, you know that, that uh, Trump won Wisconsin by just 22,000 votes in 16, uh, substantially because they changed the ID laws two weeks before that election. Right. Which knocked out 50,000 African-Americans who didn't have driver's license licenses and um, 182,000 students who student ID uh, didn't count for voting, even though it's right. a state photo ID. So, you know, it's uh, so... Imagine if those if the African-American student voters had voted, Hillary would have been won Wisconsin and elected. This time, the Democrats took over in 18. By the way, with all the vote trickery, please note, you can't steal all the votes all the time. So the Democrats did win in 18, took over the state, but not the state legislature. State legislature then voted to remove 150-some thousand voters from the voter rolls. Well, they said on grounds that they had moved, but they didn't move. 
Oh, at, at, so at least my, uh, the Board of Elections had suspicions about the list. And then my group, the Palestine Investigative Fund, brought in experts. With the state's help, we went through the list name by name and found that um, nearly 100,000 people on the list had not moved, had not moved from their city. You know, it included, uh, they said uh, Sequana Taylor moved from her city, from Milwaukee, which seemed unlikely when I talked to her. He said, I didn't move from Milwaukee. I'm Milwaukee, a Milwaukee County supervisor. Okay, she moved from Milwaukee. But she was attempting to vote while black. Almost all the people on the list, I mean, almost all of them were either black or students. That's it. In other words, voters of color and the color is blue. So we busted that. And the Board of Elections said, we are not going to remove these voters. Biden won by 20-some thousand votes. That's it in Wisconsin. If they had removed those voters, there's no way he would have won Wisconsin. So Michigan, it's because of the work that you guys did in Wisconsin by putting those people back on the, on the polls, I mean, on the, on the list, that allowed them to, to uh, actually vote. Now, let me ask you something. About- I should say we prevented them from being removed. And, prevent, and, yeah. and, and by the way, let, let's make sure we get credit. You do have a state government, and particularly Mandela Barnes, the African-American lieutenant governor. And right. by the way, I don't mention his race gratuitously. I know. If it weren't for African-American officials in Wisconsin, the lieutenant governor, the county supervisors and elections officials in Milwaukee, African-American, if it weren't for them. And I will say also the, um, uh, the elections officials in Madison, they are not African-American, but they're protecting students. In Detroit, African-American officials who, despite the white Democratic leadership of Michigan, which resisted putting purge voters back on the roll, these are the Democrats. Okay? Why did they resist? Uh, you're asking me to get into the mind of a Democrat. It's a very tight space. I can't necessarily fit in there. So I don't know what's in their brains. Um, but, uh, they are not, they don't protect the voters of Detroit. That's for sure. Detroit protected the voters of Detroit. I just spoke to the, uh, outgoing head of the national, um, bar association, which is the African-American lawyers. Guild. And, um, they said, look, they gave my books and my information to the voting officials in Detroit. And they worked very hard to save those African-American votes. We also created a website where people who lost their votes in Michigan, lost their votes in Georgia and in North Carolina, could look up their names. And by the way, if you're in Georgia, you can still do that. Look up your names and see if you were put on the state's purge list. Now, what is a purge list? It means that they took your name off the voter rolls. And usually they've been doing this on false cockamamie grounds but of course they figured out how to target voters of color they right so what happened is in michigan we put up that list and uh we had help from uh um uh, uh leonardo dicaprio's website he hosted our investigative report short um which i would like everyone to see really and pass them around there's a one minute instagram version on at Leo DiCaprio, or you can go to gregpalace.com, but it's a one minute story of um, the vanished voters of Trump's America. And then a I will link to it. Film. And you know what? I, I got, yeah, please do. And there's also a 14 minute version. And at the end, it directs people to re register. We hope that that made, I think it made a difference in Michigan with the other work we were doing, a lot of publicity. 
millions and uh, so far 7 million people have seen those films, especially in those affected states. They got a lot of publicity. So look, it's not Greg Palace running out and making Biden president. That's not, first of all, it's not my job. Okay. My job is to expose things. And if the result is that people get to vote and if the voters, in this case, the voters actually chose Biden. How about that? The voters got to choose the president. We're not done out of the woods yet. We should discuss. Now, that. Let, let me ask you a few questions because this is important. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Let's look. Let's go back to 2016. Hillary yeah. got about 65 million votes, uh, yes. uh, and and uh, Trump got about 62 million votes, roughly. Okay, I know yes. it's, it's some some instincts there. Now, all along, I said we were going to win Democrats. That is in a landslide. And what did I mean by that? I figured we may. Hillary got 65 this time with all the activism that we had. We may get five million more people. We may get 70, 71 million people. That's what I thought Democrats would get. Early on in the election, I, I thought that Trump was maxed out, but maybe he could pull up six to three, six to four million people. That's what I thought. Okay. Now, when I start, we are now at 71, 75. Okay. Meaning he got 71 and she has, and, and uh, Biden has 75. My yes. question to you, is his 71 all consistent of real people? I don't, yes. I, I can't believe that he were, was able to find 71 million people that, liked him and and in as much as what the polls were saying as well, well what are your thoughts on that it depends on your neighborhood you know what one thing i've said I, you know i've worked in this uh, vote uh, the voting game and seeing how games are played what we the problem we have in america is not counting people's votes what we don't have in america is people uh, filing false ballots either by mail or in person we just you know why it's very very hard to do you go to jail for five years and it's right as, as organizers have told me, it's really hard to get people to vote once, let alone twice. Right. So I'm not worried that Trump's, I'm not worried that, that Trump somehow padded his numbers. Uh, he's got a legitimate 71 million. Uh, he brought out his people. If you go into these Trump areas, like when I was at the Trump rally in Macon, Georgia, you see the passion that they have. Mm -hmm. They really, you know, you have to understand their, their emotions. And um, they're not always pretty emotions, but we need to also tell people who live on, for example, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in La La Land, and I'm in, I'm under the Hollywood sign. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, as I've told my friends here, we said, "How can we? We don't understand all these Trump voters." I said, "Look, if you know more people that voted for Jill in '16 than you know Trump voters, you're living in a bubble." So, so you know, so we got we all have our bubbles, right? But you can go to areas. Counties, if you look at some of these county numbers in rural areas, you will find 200 to 1, 80 to 1 uh, pro-Trump. You can't, you can't, you know, it's better to announce that you're a cannibal than to announce that you are a Democrat yes. in some of these places. So we have, we live in, America is divided into these worlds that don't understand each other you know that back in 1960 there was no such thing as a red or blue state most almost every right. state was divided and up for grabs uh, this is a new business of kind of of is it geocation or is it messaging to different areas based on what people do the answer is yes i <laughs> mean so it okay. ends up being geo so for example and of course um you know you've got Trump voters, we really, look, I'm not uh, proud boys, three percenters, 
hackers, people that use, and basically they're neo-Nazis using violence. Right. That's horrendous. And I, today we were having a discussion, how do we deal with anti-Semitic and racist crap that I get sent to my website and stuff in response to my work? It's ugly. But let's remember that um, in places like Michigan, uh, you had Hillary Clinton go in and defend NAFTA. Joe Biden voted for NAFTA. He's supposed to be Mr. Working Class, but he sent jobs to Mexico. He sent jobs to China by, in you know, in the Democratic administrations, making China a most favored nation. Right. These people, uh, there's a lot of people uh, who feel that they were abandoned by what they consider coastal elites. And they consider coastal elites sneering and looking down on them. And they think that because it's 100% true. I know I live here. Believe me, the people here are sneering at everyone in Utah. That's just how it works. Now, um, now, so I understand that. So I don't doubt that there are 71 million angry people in America who said, we've had it. We don't care how crazy this guy is. We don't care how many kids he puts in a cage. Um, you know, he's, he's punching the elites in the nose. That's how they see it. Now, of course, they've been conned. He is the elite. Right. There's no more elite than Donald Trump. Yes. A New yeah. York hotel owner, casino man. You know, come on. Yeah. You know? So it's a con job. But that's not the point. I understand how the votes he got. The question is, here's the danger from that, from my view. My main work is the votes that they don't let others cast, particularly voters of color. So I told you the GOP legislature voted to remove 159,000 people, right. almost everyone, a student or an African-American in Milwaukee, everyone. And on false information, this is an ugly Jim Crow operation. Now we stopped it in Wisconsin. Biden was the beneficiary of that work. If it was, the, you know, I'm not going to choose parties for you. In Georgia now, we are very concerned. Because I have no doubt. I mean, we've measured our experts went in again. They tried this, the purge, the purge mean canceling your mm -hmm. voter registration. We did an analysis of the list. A report was put out by the ACLU and the black voters matter fund, uh, which also did our Wisconsin report. And, um, and they, we exposed with the ACLU, 198,000 voters wrongly removed. They said that, again, that they moved and included, uh, you can go to our site, you can see on these little films at gregpalace.com, uh, Christine Jordan, Martin Luther King's 92-year-old cousin, voting at mm. the same voting station 50 years. I was filmed her when they threw her out. She's 92. And her granddaughter's crying hysterically. You, you have this on film. Then we went back to her house, the house that they said she moved out of. There's King's picture on the wall eating dinner at that house. So that's proof that she's been there at least 60 years. And yet they threw her out again and again. And we at the one voting station, the one area, a couple voting stations right next to each other. Um, Raheem Shabazz, uh, King's cousin, Ashley Jones, who is uh, Latina um, and uh, African-American mix. Um, Yasmin Bakhtiar, a Muslim uh, immigrant. You're getting the picture. Who's being thrown off? It's brilliant. And unlike Jim Crow tactics, where it was like, remember, George Wallace stood in the schoolhouse door saying, segregation now, segregation forever. Mm -hmm. 
they don't do that. So they said, oh, we're for voting rights for everyone of any color. They're very subtle. They're very polite. And then they shaft you using computers to do the Jim Crow trick. So they go from white sheets to spreadsheets. That's the game. <laughs> I like that one. That's the game. And that's what they're doing in Georgia. And that's how they are stealing. And I kid you not, you know, I, I know that the Democratic Party hates me to say it this way, but I don't care what the Democrats think either. They're stealing. And I think they've stolen the Senate race. I just got information literally before we went on the air here. I just got information on the number of votes that were not counted. Now, I warned you, Egberto, don't pick and lick. Now, what do I mean by that? Don't pick a presidential candidate, stick a stamp on an envelope, and mail in your vote. Now, I said, and people were shocked, I cited an MIT study that said 22% of mail-in ballots don't get counted. Well, I was wrong. I just looked at Georgia, 30% of Georgia mail-in ballots that we have found have not been counted, have been rejected. 30%, 30%. Now, what does that mean? Democrats were told by some guy, I don't know who the heck he is, Obama something, I don't know what he was. Anyway, he's not an expert in this stuff. But this guy Obama said, mail in your vote, don't worry about it. This guy Biden got up at the debate with Donald Trump and said, don't worry, mail in your vote, it will be counted. Well, Joe, Joe, There are tens of thousands of mail-in ballots in African-American areas which were thrown in the garbage. That's official. I'll just give you, uh, let's see. Are you talking about this last election, 2020? I'm talking about Tuesday, last Tuesday. So you're telling me that Biden won by more than the 12,000 he's up at right now? Way more. Not only that, but if you count the ballots thrown in the garbage, and a lot of voters were shunted to these provisional ballots which weren't counted but if you just look at the mail-in ballots that weren't counted biden walked away with georgia not only that but in the senate race which will control the control of the united states senate is up to what is go- what are going to be now two runoffs in so you're, you see you, you're saying asaf would have won asaf no i'm saying asaf did win but they're oh. not counting the votes one thing i want to find out from the asaf campaign see because trump's calling for the recount There's no recount in the Senate campaign, and I think Ossoff should call for a recount, including a review of every one of those mail-in ballots. Remember, because the Democrats chose to go mail-in, we know that that about – it didn't happen in Georgia, mainly because the African-American organization said, no, 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 don't bail in your ballot. Yeah, they're going to go vote. Look, the the African-American groups in Atlanta, the most sophisticated uh, voting groups in the United States. You know, this this is King's home, right? And they said, do not mail in your ballot unless you really have to. You're, you're frail. You can't wait in line. You're subject to mainly you're subject to COVID. So uh, but what we did was um, so most African-Americans instead voted early. That made that made the difference. Joe Biden wouldn't be president if it wasn't for a massive turnout wow. in early voting in many states uh, by the uh, African-American community. Now. Uh, in Georgia, which is, if the census is honest, and it isn't, but if it were honest, it would show that about this year that they figure Georgia became a white minority state. There's wow. every, it's not shocking that a white minority state would turn blue. Uh, what's shocking is that it's resisting through trickery. Right. So you don't count all these mail-in ballots. I've warned people about mail-in ballots. Now, there's, understand, 
a mail-in ballot can be rejected because of postage due. Right. Because um, you didn't sign. Signature is the big one. Now, in 16, in which very few people relatively voted by mail. I say relatively about, we did have about 40 million mail-in ballots, but mostly... I want to make a distinction, by the way. It's a, I don't want to get too technical, but it's an actually distinction that um, Donald Trump made. He tried I know everyone to do thinks it, he's yeah. unsophisticated, but you know he's, he's, he's dumb as a fox, okay? Mm-hmm. And he made a distinction between mail-in ballots and absentee. He, there is a big distinction. Mail-in ballots are what we do in the left coast, California, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado, Nevada, and Hawaii. If you're in those states, don't worry about mailing in your vote. Are you, it's not great, but it's mm-hmm. it's fairly safe because everyone gets a ballot. The systems are set up for mail-in voting. If in the rest of America, or as Sarah Palin would say, in America, <laughs> um, no, no, no. Those the absentee ballots where you have to ask for a ballot is a problem. One in ten voters who ask for a ballot never get them. I'm getting calls from all over Georgia. I never got my absentee. I never got my mail-in ballot. That's one. The second is that when you mail in those ballots, they'll come up with every excuse not to count them. About one in eight. Now we've now know it's about one in three in Georgia, wow. but uh, one in four. But generally, about one in eight ballots, you know, they used a red pen or a pencil instead of black or blue pen. You folded it too many times, and the scanners can't read them. Right. You're mailing in your ballot, but it's a read through machine. Uh, you didn't fill out a bubble correctly. And by the way, it doesn't mean you're dumb. My sister is a lawyer who uh, had her mail-in ballot disqualified because she didn't properly fill in a bubble. Um, because she can, in California, by the way, you can check if your ballot's been counted. Right. Now, in, um, so it's all kinds of cockamamie stuff. You didn't, okay, you registered, and when you, you registered, you signed your name uh, with, with a middle initial, and then you sent in your mail-in ballot without the middle without initial. It, yeah. And boom, it's called exact match in Georgia. All these games that they can use to knock out a mail-in ballot. That's why I say never go postal. Thank God that postal voting in Georgia was really cut down because of the, again, the African-American leadership saying, don't mail in unless you really have to. No, we're kind of coming up on time. So I have some important questions here. As okay. far as Georgia is concerned, tell, uh, tell me what's the state of Georgia for the Asaf and uh, Warnoff race. Uh, how do okay. we save it? Okay. To let the voters choose the Senate instead of the trickery, uh, number one, check your registration. For God's sake, go to vote.org and see if you're still registered. If not, register right away. In Georgia, you have till December 7th. Second, if you really have to mail in a ballot, you can ask for it today. If you don't ask for it this this week, you ain't going to get it on time. That's just the truth. And if you don't mail it back at least two weeks before the election, forget about it. Yeah. Okay. so now those are two big things, but especially register to vote. Early voting in Georgia starts December 14. That's what I recommend. Early voting. Bring uh, gloves, bring a mask, uh, bring a bottle of water and maybe bring two lawyers with you. (laughs) <laughs> now, next question, as far as um, the voting is concerned, um, do you think that uh, they are going to try to purge the, f- the files again, or you think that's been already done? Well, they've already done it. They can't do it again for this race. Okay. Um, so it's it's too late for them to purge. Well, le- I don't trust these guys. Right. Legally, they can't do it because within 90 days of a federal election, however, they 
I've seen them do it in Florida in 2000. I caught them doing that. Right. But um, they, I, the main thing is getting yourself back on. The problem of being purged is that you don't know it. Right. You're a victim of a crime. It's like someone stole, pickpocketed, you know, took your wallet out of your pocket. You didn't know it. Then you go to pay and you're in trouble. So now you go to vote. You're purged. Don't wait to find out. You waited four hours in line. You waited two hours in line. And suddenly you, you get to the front and they say, you're not registered here. And then they give you one of those provisional ballots. No good. Forget it. This yeah. way you vote. Well, uh, Greg, um, so what, what's, what's next with you? I, I understand you're doing a whole lot of new work throughout the country. Talk to me about it. Yeah, well, I'm going to be working with the National uh, Bar Association, which is the African-American Lawyers Guild. And we're going to be going around the country. I'm working with a lot of groups, obviously, Latasha Brown, Black Voters Matter, etc. cetera. Um, and, you know, it would be if, you know what, you never know. I mean, we also got a call from some woman named Kamala Harris, who I don't know who she is, but we took down her number. And, uh, and so, she, hey, we might actually have someone in the White House who will actually listen to the issue of what happened to the black vote and when you not- when when you're doing that i've got first dibs i'm already claiming the first dibs <laughs> okay but but, anyway, but let, now you're yeah. still working with stacy abrams right well i i don't know what stacy's going to be up to after this election i suspect that she's going to be uh on the cabinet race for governor yeah or or I, that would be wonderful to see she's really quite brilliant really quite dedicated what a terrific choice for the cabinet that's not being partisan. That's just saying there's a great person out there who should be in anyone's cabinet. I'm sure Trump would have appointed her if he got reelected. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> hey, Greg, look, I appreciate you uh, uh, com- coming on again to give us an update of what's going on now. Last question, and I promise this is the last one. What is Trump going to do to s- try to stay in power, or can he? He can. I'm oh. sorry. I got to tell you this. And there's a, there's a little video on my site about this about three constitutional ways that trump can still steal the election he is working very hard now to get the state legislature of pennsylvania not to certify the vote say oh there's so much fraud we couldn't observe the vote blah 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 the mail-in ballots came from mars according to donnie jr don you know trump jr went to philadelphia said the the ballots came from mars i can tell him that's not possible i checked they don't sell stamps on mars you can't mail in your ballot from there but if, he, if Pennsylvania does not certify their vote, and let's say the, which is a Republican-controlled legislature under Article 2 of the Constitution, I'm sorry, that's their choice. It doesn't matter what the voters say. Same thing if they go to Arizona or Michigan and get one of those states to say, we're not going to certify the vote. So what happened? Because it's just, oh, there's just too many problems. We can't figure it out in time. So what happens then? Trump doesn't get 270 votes. He doesn't win. Either does Biden. Then it goes to the House of Representatives. And, that's and the one House of Representatives, state. it's one state, one vote. Which they have the majority of the state. They yeah. have the majority of delegations. So presumably, um, Donald Trump could then be reelected constitutionally. But he has to convince one or it may be two legislatures, depending on the electoral count. But that that yeah. that immediately that starts. I, I you know I I may I postulated that with earlier today and i said at that point though it will be civil war because i don't that is going to accept that nobody's going to accept consecutive popular votes by millions and somehow even after winning the electoral college you still lose that is civil war well i let's hope not (laughs) i hope not as well 
I hope okay. not as well, but I can almost guarantee you that uh, people are going to start. That is when people are going to really look into that, that possibility. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say that that would happen, but I have put gallons of drinkable water and, and in your uh, basement. crackers in my basement. Greg Palace. Greg Palace is known for his investigative reports for BBC, The Guardian, and Rolling Stone. His bestseller includes The Best Democracy Money Can Buy. Get it. Actually, you know what? They can get it at my site, but they can also get it at gregpalace.com. Folks, Greg, it's been my honor, my pleasure to have you here once again, my friend. You're the best, Egberto. Peace. Peace. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. I, like I said, I'm so sorry for the, the problem with the, the sink. We'll see. I, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it sinks, sometimes it doesn't. I'm, I think that may be out in the ethos. Not sure. Anyhow, folks, thank you so kindly for having been here. Let me call out my people. Let me call out my people. John Carter, welcome. Linda E., Nanette Bird-Smith, Bridge MCP, Mike Cisak, uh, Ian James Chapman. Uh, let's see. Para ver, para ver. Tank 28. Uh, as I go up the list, uh, Blair Halfley, Linda E., welcome aboard. Uh, Nanette Bird-Smith, Lawrence Sims. Uh, haven't seen you in a couple of days, Lawrence. Let's see. Linda, I got Linda E. already. I'm um, going up the list, folks. Wow, it's a lot of messages in here today. So if I miss you, forgive me. If I miss you, forgive me. Okay, uh, Norman Reynolds, welcome aboard, my brother. Uh, I think I got Blair Halfley. Oh, continuing up the list, Bruce Pollard, welcome aboard. Um, going up, Mark Smith, welcome aboard. Uh, who else is here? Scrolling up the board, going up the board as. I think I got Nanette Ashley, my daughter, that is. Uh, let's see who else is here. Who else is here? Who else is here? A lot of folks. If I miss you, just drop me a line and I'll call you out. I like to call out everybody. I like to call out everybody that, that gives us the honor of chatting. It's just great. You know, I think I'm almost at the top of the list now, which probably means my I missed a whole bunch. Uh, but I'm so sorry. I'm going to go down one thing. I, I think I saw uh, Moses in there. Ha, uh, yeah, I think I saw Mo Yeah, there we go. Cheryl Moses, welcome aboard. Continuing down, continuing down, continuing down. Okay, let me go to the bottom and see if anybody else added, and then we'll continue with the show. Blair Halfleg. <laughs> okay, folks. I, I had, you know, since I had my daughter, I'm talking about health care. And, you know, health care is going to be big big, big uh, in this cycle, right? Because we have COVID, we have uh, uh, the healthcare prices going through the roof, we have people without jobs. I want you to hear what this congressman had to say about Republicans and healthcare because none of it has changed thus far. Thank you, Madam Chairman. You may recall that a few weeks ago, President Obama came to this chamber and he addressed the chamber on healthcare before a joint session of the House and the Senate during that session, I was privileged to be here, and I saw my colleagues on the far side of the aisle, the Republicans, waving pieces of paper during his speech. And I was wondering what they were. I couldn't imagine. It almost seemed like they wanted President Obama's autograph. I just didn't get it. I heard from one of my colleagues that this is what they called the Republican health care plan. I went over after the speech was over. I picked up a copy that was lying down on the Republican side. 
and it turns out that the Republicans' health care plan was a blank piece of paper. I inquired further, trying to find out exactly what the Republicans' health care plan is, and it's my duty and pride tonight to be able to announce exactly what the Republicans plan to do for health care in America. It's this. Very simply, it's a very simple plan. The Republicans' health care plan for America, don't get sick. That's right, don't get sick. If you have insurance, don't get sick. If you don't have insurance, don't get sick. If you're sick, don't get sick. Just don't get sick. That's what the Republicans have in mind for you, America. That's the Republicans' health care plan. But I think that the Republicans understand that that plan isn't always going to work. It's not a foolproof plan. So the Republicans have a backup plan in case you do get sick. If you get sick in America, this is what the Republicans want you to do. If you get sick, America, the Republican health care plan is this. Die quickly. That's right. The Republicans want you to die quickly if you get sick. Now, the Democrats have a different plan. The Democrats say that if you have health insurance, we're going to make it better. If you don't have health insurance, we're going to provide it to you. If you can't afford health insurance, then we'll help you to afford health insurance. So America gets to decide. Do you want the Democratic plan or do you want the Republican plan? Remember, the Republican plan, don't get sick. And if you do get sick, die quickly. And if you do get sick, die quickly. Well, it's that time of the day, folks. Please, please, please. Uh, I forgot to do it at the half, uh, halfway point of the show. Uh, if, if you can, please go ahead. If you're on YouTube, please go ahead and click that join button. Become a part of our family. Click join. That is how you help us continue to do what we have the ability to do. Likewise, if you're on YouTube, you see that tray down there with all our T-shirts, face masks, cuffs, uh, hoodies, all that good stuff with uh, Politics Done Right on it. I support Politics Done Right. All that good stuff is right there. Uh, to get our book, you can go ahead and get our book. Uh, it's worth it. How to talk to your right wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. I'm putting that link, uh, that Amazon link in the feed right now. Please consider getting that book. That feed is in there right now. Uh, you can also, if you're not, if you're on some other thing other than Facebook, or rather other than YouTube, you can go ahead and still subscribe to our YouTube channel by going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. That again is politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Of course, we support, uh, we, you can support us as well at politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. politicsdoneright.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. And you know, good old PayPal, it's always a stalwart to support your programming that you like. politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Now, uh, if, you're, if you don't use our store on YouTube, you can use our own store here where you can get our books. And if you buy our book on YouTube, or rather on our store, we will go ahead and sign the book from here and give you a bumper sticker or something in there as well. And that is politicsdoneright.com slash store. politicsdoneright.com slash store. Look, thank you so kindly, folks, for having been here, for having spent this time with me. I couldn't do it without you. You empower me to continue doing what we do Fill in the internet with the progressive message, not only with the show, but also with the, uh, hey, got, you got your mask. I'm glad you got your mask, uh, Bridge MCP. Uh, Bridge MCP got that mask that says, politics and right, I support.
Independent Media. Thank you so kindly for doing that, Bridge MCP. Again, folks, uh, you can go to politicsonright.com slash store to get our stuff. Or you can, if you're on YouTube, you can just go ahead and look at the tray down there and see all the T-shirts and, and cups and all that kind of stuff that we have. Look, my name is Egberto Willis. I thank you so kindly for being here. I know that you have places you could be th- that you spent this time with me here. It's uh, it's it, it, it feels good to know that we are making a difference. And notice I said, we. Your presence here multiplies what we are able to do. So I thank you so kindly. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And guess what? We are what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.